And you're on right now with Jim Dawes. Coming to you from the shores of the Indian River on Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast. And bringing you the news behind the news. The story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at. And illusion is usually king. We're coming to you on the Mojo 50 Radio Network and streaming live on iHeartRadio. And you can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. I love to hear from listeners. You can shoot me an email. The address is right now, Jim Dawes at gmail.com. Or you can call the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Out in the warehouse, the trucks kept banging into the dust. Thinking about stopping oh, our frail bodies were strapped to the chairs, and our chairs were chained to the desks, and our pleas for justice were ignored, and the unseen But we busted our safe driver's little bitty balls. We charged into the brick fortress and onto the streets because it's Friday! 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 What a week, what a week. <clears throat> well, Fox News held its town hall last night and they finally managed to get old Donald Trump on there after having a, a steady stream of the Democrat candidates, and Trump didn't disappoint last night. He was in rare form, perfectly relaxed, perfectly at ease with himself, had good answers for everybody. And the, the crowd, it really surprised me that none of the protesters, the resistance protesters, were able to get in and, um, and protest. But uh, he, he got a lot of love from the crowd there in Scranton, PA, last night. And, you know, watching Trump, you, you're just always impressed by the, the fact that the guy's got no filter. He says exactly what it's, what's on his mind. And, uh, and usually, you know, although it, it can be a, a little bit disorganized, you're left feeling with the, uh, left with the feeling that, yeah, this guy, he's not a politician. He's not polished. Like a lot of these politicians, his statements have not been focus grouped. He's not sat down with a lot of consultants to tell him what to say and what points to hit. He just tells you what he thinks and, and really defends his record and why he's there and, uh, and goes after the Washington establishment. I kind of wish, uh, that last night he had sort of, um, uh, summarized exactly where he is in his presidency. You know, this guy was an outsider. He came to town. The establishment, both the Democrats and the Republicans, did everything they could to take him down, including having the intelligence agencies and the law enforcement agencies spy on his campaign and try to engineer a coup as soon as he took office, appointed a special counsel under false pretenses that ate up over two years of his administration with 
Russia bullshit. And then when that failed, they, uh, they immediately launched this impeachment coup with the face of the revolting Adam Schiff and disgusting Jerry Nadler at the helm. And now he he's come through it, got a lot of good things done, not as much as he could have gotten done had it not been for the determined resistance in the Washington establishment and in the mainstream media. But he's gotten a lot done, turned the economy around, rebuilt the military well on the way to securing the border, renegotiated trade deals. And he defended all of this last night. And one of the reoccurring questions from the audience last night was, you know, can you tone down the confrontation? And, you know, Trump made a good point. He doesn't attack people. He, he counter punches. He's not going to sit there like uh, these country club Republicans that we've grown used to and just let the Democrats tee off on him and define him. He's going to fight back. And this was the answer he gave to one of these questions. It was a, a supporter, a Trump supporter said he was proud to vote for him and will vote for him again. But is there anything he could do to try to turn down the rhetoric? We are having the greatest year we had last year was the greatest year we've ever had economically. And I think the way we unite is really through success. But when they hit us, we have to hit back. I feel that. I mean, there's two ways of doing it, turning your cheek. But I wouldn't be sitting up here if I turned my cheek. If I said, OK, let them just keep hitting at me and I won't do it. They're not interviewing me right now. They're interviewing somebody else. Maybe they won't even be doing that because if they don't get ratings, they don't interview anybody. That I've learned. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, you can't turn your cheek. I mean, we get hit. Well, he's exactly right. You know, when you when you watch Trump closely, the way he's been mischaracterized, the the uh, so-called attacks that he engages in are really counterattacks. And as Melania Trump pointed out, if you hit him, he's going to hit you back ten times harder. Now, if the resistance in Washington had not been so determined. And said, well, you know, the American people have spoken. We're going to try to uh, get as much done for the American people as we can. And then we'll take them on in four years and uh, and see if we can beat them. They didn't do that. The Democrats in Washington and, and uh, many of the resistance inside the Republican Party have spent their their whole time and effort steadfastly trying to get the president uh, to, to turn back his America first agenda. At one point, Trump was uh, putting on his pundit hat. He loves uh, politics and, and likes to comment on it. And when he does, he, he a lot of times, he really doesn't have any strategic motive. He's just telling you what he thinks. He likes to weigh in on Twitter and become a pundit on the Democrat Party, the clown parade that is the Democrat primaries. It is, you know, I, I'm really kind of disappointed that uh, Focahontas dropped out yesterday, and we're not going to have her for entertainment. It's getting down to just Biden and Bernie, and uh, and that's kind of a shame because uh, the other uh, clowns in that clown car were so entertaining in their own right. But here's Trump commenting on the upcoming uh, battle between two septuagenarians old white guys representing the Democrat party after they told us that, you know, they were the party of diversity and inclusion. These are the two candidates that they've settled on. Here's what Trump had to say. 
So you want to face Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders? That's my question. I'll tell you, I was all set for Bernie because I thought it was going to happen. You know, we get ready for things, right? So mentally, I'm all set for Bernie. Communist, I had everything down. He's a communist. I was all set. And then we have this crazy thing that happened, right? On Tuesday, which he thought was Thursday. But he also said 150 million people were killed with guns and he was running for the United States Senate. Support me, I'm running for the United States. There's something going on there. But I was all set. I was all set. And you know, when I focus and we all focus, sometimes you do well and some people choke. I watched Minnie Mike choke. When Minnie Mike was hit by a very mean woman, he said, get me off this stage, just get me off. And, and that wasn't a pretty sight to be, but, but I was all set to take on Bernie. I was ready. And then all of a sudden I say, guess what? I went to the first lady who people love. They, I go into the first lady. And I said, I said, he just won Texas. He just won, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And by the way, so close. It was a whole different thing because of her. So now I'm ready for Bernie. And now all of a sudden I have a whole different, you know, it's a whole different deal. Two very different people. I think in a certain way, Bernie would be tougher because he's got a base. It's a much smaller base than my base. I think a lot of my people are here because, and I did nothing to do that, but we have a lot of support in Pennsylvania. And I think we have a lot of support everywhere. Look at the rallies. Look at the rallies. But I was all set. I was all set for Bernie. I was ready to go. And then I say, you know, I don't think I'm running against Bernie. I think well, it's going to be very it's, hard for him to come back. It's not looking like he's going to be running against Bernie. It looks like uh, the Democrat establishment is going to dra- uh, drag an old, tired Washington swamp creature over the line again. Last time it was Hillary Clinton and now it's going to be Joe Biden. And I think that, uh, that the Trump campaign is just going to be able to dust off the same strategy that they used against Hillary Clinton, because let's face it, Joe Biden is just the, the, the male version of Hillary Clinton, except for he commits even more uh, gaffes, but his health is failing. He's deeply corrupt and he's responsible for the mess that Donald Trump has spent the last three and a half years trying to clean up in the face of just determined opposition from the Washington establishment. And if they think that they can continue to cover up for Joe and Hunter Biden's and the rest of the Biden family's corruption in the Ukraine and China and in the Middle East and other places, they're wrong. This guy, uh, Joe Biden, never thought he was going to have to run for nationwide office again. And, and he basically gave his family a free reign to go and monetize their relationship with him as much as they want to. And they have spent the last, well, I mean, ever since, uh, uh, Biden got in office, but especially during his last eight years as vice president, they just went wild monetizing their relationship with the vice president of the United States. Here is what Trump had to say last night about facing Biden. With the son, here's a guy didn't have a job was unfortunately, sadly, the military was a very sad experience for him. He goes out, he gets $3 million plus $183,000 a month to be a board member of a company that a lot of people said was corrupt. 
worse, just as bad, China. I just made a great China deal. China's paying us billions and billions of dollars because of what I did to them with tariffs. Billions of dollars. I mean, to a point where my farmers are in love with me because I took some of that money, gave it to them. But his son walks out of China with a billion and a half dollars for a fund. Now, a billion and a half dollars for a fund means he's going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and much more than that. So they're ready. They're ready over the the Trump campaign. Uh, if if Joe Biden's the candidate that the establishment wants to put up, bring him on. And it's coming out now, uh, the results of these Super Tuesday primaries, not only on the Democrat side, but also on the Republican side, despite the fact that Donald Trump faced no real uh, opposition in the primaries. He, he had old William Weld up there who polled less than 1%. But despite that fact, Republican voters turned out in huge numbers to support Donald Trump. They didn't have to. They, they doubled the GOP's vote in the primaries from, uh, from what was it, uh, 2012. Huge numbers. And you see it at the rallies, as uh, Trump alluded to there. People t- showing up in huge numbers, standing outside, waiting in line for days to get in. And if the Democrats think that they're going to excite the kind of turnout that Donald Trump is able to do with Joe Biden. Well, they ought to just go ahead and get ready for another four years of Donald Trump. Hey, I want to take a second to remind you to run on over to AmericaFirstRadio.shop. That's AmericaFirstRadio.shop and get your banana bag oral solution to prevent uh, dehydration and treat dehydration at this time of flus and other viruses going around. You don't want to find yourself dehydrated and forced to go to the hospital. And this banana bag oral solution is the perfect solution for that problem. If you've got an illness or an underlying medical condition or you become dehydrated due due to overexertion from exercise or work, you can do one of these banana bag oral solutions and we'll put you back in good health. It's $15.50 for a pack of five with free same-day shipping. Go to AmericaFirstRadio.shop and get yours today. So I played you a clip there uh, of, of the president bringing up Joe Biden's corruption and Hunter Biden's corruption. And finally, at long last, there have been some subpoenas issued by Ron Johnson in the Senate. I think he's uh, head of the Oversight Committee. And, uh, and he's subpoenaing people trying to get to the bottom of what went on with Burisma. We know what went on with Burisma. Hunter Biden was selling protection to Burisma. He had no nothing to offer the board other than the fact that his father was vice president of the United States. And Burisma got his money's worth. They paid about $3 million to Hunter Biden, and in return, They got the prosecutor that was going after Burisma in the Ukraine fired by old Joe Biden. And everybody in Washington, D.C. is trying to act like there's nothing uh, to see here. Hell, they tried to impeach Donald Trump because he dared to ask about it, which shows you 
how much they have to hide. It's the old uh, Shakespeare saying, methinks thou protest too much. But Ron Johnson's committee uh, started issuing subpoenas, um, trying to find out what's going on. And right on cue, the uh, conservative-in-chief Mitt Romney trotted out to try to throw cold water on all of this. Concerns about the appearance of this investigation that this committee is launching uh, into Burisma, that the subpoena that the that Senator Johnson wants to issue for documents related to Burisma. Are you concerned about the appearance of anyway? There's no question but that the appearance of looking into Burisma and Hunter Biden uh, appears political. And I think people are tired of these, uh, these kind of political uh, investigations and would hope that if there's something of significance that needs to be evaluated, that it would be done by perhaps the FBI or some other agency uh, that's not as political as perhaps a, a committee of our uh, of our body. Uh, we also have a lot of work to do um, on matters that are not related to Burisma. We probably ought to focus on those things. But I'm going to get the chance today to talk to the chairman uh, and get his perspective, see what information he has, and see whether there's something that might be helpful to, to clarify exactly what has happened in the past and put this behind so he wants to put it behind us. Mitt Romney says people are tired of political investigations. So after they've spent almost the entire first term of this president going after him on nakedly partisan political witch hunts, Mitt Romney trots out and says, oh, well, we're tired of these political investigations now that they've gotten around to the Democrats. We don't want to talk about that. We want to move on. And it's becoming quite clear that, uh, that Mitt Romney has ulterior motives here that perhaps even uh, led to his, his vote to remove the president in that impeachment trial in the Senate. According to the New York Magazine, Hunter Biden joined Burisma's board in April of 2004 and remained there until he declined to renew his position last May. But also sitting on that board was a man named Kofer Black. Kofer Black was a top Mitt Romney advisor during his runs for the presidency. And, you know, Mitt Romney's also got a whole uh, gaggle of sons. And I just wonder if they're not tied up into the same type of corruption that Hunter Biden was engaged in sitting on boards in order to um, wield influence. Black joined uh, Burisma uh, before Hunter Biden came on. Black was a former CIA analyst, headed the uh, National Counterterrorism Center for President George W. Bush, and later worked at Blackwater. And it's looking increasingly likely that Burisma, the subject of a series of these corruption investigations has not only been buying Hunter Biden, but they've been buying other well-placed swamp swamp creatures. One of them connected at the hip with Mitt Romney himself. And now Mitt Romney wants to throw cold water on, on this investigation into Burisma might explain why he, he voted in favor of this uh, impeachment fiasco as well. Here's Trump at last night's town hall commenting on um, the, the parallels between 
his campaign against Hillary Clinton and what would be the campaign against Joe Biden. You want to approve Trans-Pacific Partnership. You were totally in favor of it. The Trans-Pacific Partnership is perhaps the most ambitious trade negotiation underway in the world. That in, you called it the gold standard. It. Well, I hope You called I, it the gold standard of trade deals. You, you said it's what? the finest deal you've ever seen. No. What we're talking about is shaping a new standard that can become the metric by which all future trade agreements are measured. Why is why that standard? Why, 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 You're getting nervous, man. Calm down. It's okay. You know, I got 20% of Bernie Love. People don't realize because of trade. Because he's a big trade guy. You know, he basically says we're getting screwed on trade. <laughs> and he's right. Uh, had she picked Bernie Sanders, it would have been tougher. Because the only one I didn't want her to pick. He didn't say anything about whether or not I was telling the truth about Social Security. Do consider looking at those programs, age of eligibility, absolutely. cost of living, put it all on the table. The answer is absolutely you have to. I, when I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans, but I meant every single solitary thing. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice. I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. I'll save Social Security. I'll save Medicare. Paul Ryan was correct. When he did the tax code, what's the first thing you decided we had to go after? Social Security and Medicare. Wait a minute. I was against the war in Iraq, just so you put it out. The only way we're going to get rid of Saddam Hussein is we're going to end up having to start it alone, start it alone, and it's going to require... Guys like you in uniform to be back on foot in the desert taking the son of a, uh, the uh, taking Saddam down. And now we're down to one person who's got low energy, very low energy. She goes to sleep. So now the Democrats are making a pathetic bid to save Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe. Biden. And you know what? I'd love to run against him, to be honest. It's it's the, it's the same candidate. Both of them supported the, the war in Iraq. Both of them supported these disastrous trade deals. Both of them want open borders. <laughs> it's going to be like taking candy from a baby. Well, yesterday, you've probably heard that Focahontas has smoke them peace pipe. She is dropping out of the race and will fight no more forever. And she's blaming it, of course, on her go-to excuse, and that's the same one Hillary Clinton deployed, sexism. So the Democrat primary voters, who are made up of a, a majority of women, wouldn't vote for Elizabeth Warren, according to Wiz- Elizabeth Warren, because of sexism. <laughs> no, it wasn't sexism. It was the fact that uh, that if... If you were a socialist, if you were one of these Marxists, you've got a much uh, more honest and authentic version of that in the form of old Bernie Sanders. And the only thing that Elizabeth Warren succeeded in by staying in this race so long was to destroy the uh, the uh, Sanders campaign that was carrying the flag for the things that she said that she believed in. Here's Elizabeth Warren uh, announcing her withdrawal from the race. And I wonder what your message would be to the women and girls who feel like we're left with two white men to decide between. I know. One of the hardest parts of this is. <laughs> oh, my God. The, the party that is constantly lecturing us about how how it's time for 
women and minorities to rise to prominence and to be elected has once again shown that uh, power above all else is how they choose their candidates. Public service announcement. Excuse me. If y'all didn't know, this is the MSC. And frankly, there's just too many white people in here. And this is a space for people of color. There's just too many white people up in here. But you got to give it to Liz. She did take out Michael Bloomberg. Thank you for that. She may have also taken out old Bernie Sanders. Hey, when we come back from the break, we're going to be joined by Andrew Pollock to talk about his new book, Why Meadow Died. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these messages on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva paper towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 5 radio network. On February 14th, 2018, a mentally deranged student shot and killed 17 fellow students at Stoneman Douglas High School in Broward County, Florida. In the aftermath of the tragedy, it was learned that law enforcement and school officials missed literally dozens of opportunities to stop Nicholas Cruz and had, in fact, implemented programs that allowed this tragedy to happen. To talk about this, we're joined now by Andrew Pollack, father of Meadow Pollock, who lost her life that day. He's authored a new book, Why Meadow Died, The People and Policies That Created the Parkland Shooter and Endanger American Students. And you can get the book at 4meadow.com. Sir, thank you for this book, and uh, thank you for dedicating yourself to preventing um, another tragedy like what happened that day at Parkland. If something happened uh, to one of my daughters like what happened to yours, I don't think I could have been as strong. Oh, I, well, I hope you never have that, that ever happens, but there's nothing a father wouldn't do to honor their daughter. And, and, and that's what this book's about. My, my, my People ask me why I wrote it. And the reason why I wrote this, so I'll put it into this, I call it a manual now for other parents, is I wanted to know everything that happened, how that could happen, and I wanted accountability for my daughter. And that's what it's about. Even to this day, that drives me to be on the radio with you is educating parents 
to what happened because mainstream media doesn't want you to know the truth and to honor my daughter and, and figure out and hold them all accountable. And that's, that's what, why I'm here today. It's really about accountability for my daughter because when I, when I look at what happened in Parkland, I don't only hold the killer responsible. I'm for the death penalty. Uh, I would throw gas and light the match on him myself, but there's other people that failed in the system. And for my daughter, I, I need to hold them accountable. And that's what I'm doing. You know, anybody can make a mistake, but the sheer number of opportunities in this case to stop uh, this crazed maniac points to something uh, other than human error. It points to a systemic uh, failure throughout the system of law enforcement and education there in Broward County and misguided policies that were implemented uh, that had disastrous results. Just describe for the listeners, if you would, uh, give some broad outlines of this promise program that allowed Nicholas Cruz to still be enrolled in the uh, in the Broward County school system. Sure. The Promise program started with this failed superintendent that's still in Broward. His name's Robert Runcie. He came from Chicago. My luck, he, he came from Chicago to Broward. Former protege he, of uh, Arnie Duncan, who was the correct. Secretary of Education in the Obama administration. Correct. So he was a uh, protege. And he came to Broward with the intentions to lower uh, arrests and to reduce suspensions and the and, and expulsions. That was his thing, and he and he did it. It was a miracle. In one year, he reduced crime in the school district by seventy percent. Well, did he actually so, reduce crime, or did he just start ignoring uh, crime? That's what they did. So their policies were just not to arrest. Or, or, or to expel or suspend. One of the policies for a student would be allowed four misdemeanors per school year with never being introduced to law enforcement. And, and then every year it would reset. So in ninth grade, he could sell drugs, commit a battery, assault, uh, four uh, things like that that are misdemeanors. And then in 10th grade, it resets and they're allowed to do it again. And this is the policy. That's and, a, that's a rep- recipe for one, uh, no education going on, and two, a very dangerous environment. Correct, and it, it made for a chaotic, a chaotic, a chaotic uh, environment in the school district. And not only what they, what these liberal bureaucrats don't understand us, it hurts everybody. It hurts the children that are being disruptive and committing crimes because they don't learn accountability. It hurts the students that want to go and learn, and it affects the teachers because they have to deal with that. And what I want parents to know is this isn't just happened in Broward, okay? This is, these policies are in thousands of schools throughout the country. Uh, and to prove my point, uh, California, uh, just Gavin Newsom just signed into law that it's illegal to suspend or expel disruptive students, if you could believe that. And that exact policy is is what led to these to the leniency environment of leniency in Broward and it creates just a terrible environment and, and I put my daughter into this you know and I didn't know so that's why it's so important for parents and grandparents to read my book to see what happened in Parkland use that as a template as a manual 
to see if it's going on at your child's school because ultimately parents and grandparents, you know, you're responsible where you bring your kid. You know, you drive them to the school bus, you drive them to the school. And I'm only saying that because I've met with politicians that are, are my good friends. They can't help at a little, at a local level, the president, the governor, the senators that I'm all friends with, they can't do anything when it comes to your local school district, if they are participating in these policies, it's up to the parents and it's a big issue going on in the country right now. And if there's any doubt that your book is so badly needed, the idea that they're now implementing the same programs that allowed Parkland to happen statewide in the largest uh, uh, state in this nation with the most school children just sends chills up your spines. Uh, it, it, it's almost unbelievable if you didn't understand the, the, the mindset of, of these leftists. You know, it, it kind of seems remarkable to me that they brought a um, an educator, an administrator from Chicago to Broward County. What in the world uh, is there about the Chicago school district with its high rates of violence? and low performing, um, you know, educational standards that would recommend, uh, this man to be the superintendent in Broward County. Well, Broward County actually was the model for this policy Uh, and Broward, if anyone ever hears from Broward, it's a very corrupt democratic, uh, cesspool, uh, the supervisor of elections. It was just, you know, in the news that how they, corrupted the last election against Rick Scott and Ron DeSantis. They removed the supervisor of elections. Then they had to remove the sheriff for his failed policies uh, for what led up to my, one of the things, uh, the failed response in, in my daughter uh, when, when she was murdered. But this is one of the platforms for the Democratic Party now. If you really look into it, Beto O'Rourke mentioned it the other night of not, suspend, not suspending students in school. He mentioned it in a debate. Uh, I actually stayed up that long, and it it put me to sleep. But I did hear that part of the debate when he spoke about suspensions. Uh, The president rescinded uh, these Obama-era policies, and and it meant a lot to me. But at a local level, they could still do it. If if Joe Biden is on his website right now, and the Democrats, they want to actually put these programs – they want to spread them throughout the whole country even more than they already are. It's on his website to reduce, you know, suspensions, expulsions, arrests. And really, it's wrecking the public school system. And parents need to wake up. They need to see what, what's going on to the public schools. And that's why why Meadow Diet is so important. And that's why there's not one liberal mainstream channel that wanted to put me on to talk about the book. And I want the parents to know all the stuff that I have in my book is factual that I got from the school district and the defense team that they got the records. It took months and months because the school district wasn't transparent. So it's very important for them to read this book. Well, Robert Renzi, the school superintendent that you referred to, is still on the job there. He has not been fired despite... You know, his uh, his leadership that led to this and his implementation of this promise program, he denied initially that they even were aware that uh, that Cruz was a disciplinary problem and that he uh, that he had be- already been enrolled in his so-called promise program. They later Correct. had to admit you- it, but nobody's held him, him accountable. 
No, it's uh, and he called it uh, fake news when we asked him about it. He called it fake news, and you just have to read the records that we got. It's jaw dropping what 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 they would allowed in this district to happen to my daughter, and I don't want any other parent to ever have to do do what like what I'm going through. That's why it's so important. Like I didn't know what was going on at the school, but now parents they have. No, you know, they have no excuse anymore after reading my book to really understand what happened. You know, you had a shooting in Santa Fe. I went out to Santa Fe uh, after, you know, just because my heart broke for these families after the shooting. And just to show you how, you know, you have Beto O'Rourke running. He's spewing this gun control about, uh, I don't even, I don't know what an assault rifle is, but semi-automatic rifles he wants to ban. But he, he fails to mention in Santa Fe the killer used a shotgun and a pistol to kill one of my friends, my friend's son. So why doesn't he mention that? Because that doesn't meet their agenda. And it's pretty pathetic on their part that that's his state and he doesn't even recognize the shooting at the Santa Fe High School. Well, you know, uh, if we wait to secure the schools until we resolve this issue of gun control, no matter what side you come down on that, then we're going to continue to put our children at at risk when ultimately, even if we were to implement gun control, there would still be plenty of guns on the street. The solution, as yes. you have pointed out and do so in your book, is to securing these schools. If we can secure airports right. and government buildings and and private, you know, uh, factories and such, we can certainly uh, secure the repositories where we send all of our children every day for education. And what's parents need to know also is uh, security at the schools. Like I know you're doing a great job in Texas following Florida. They're arming, uh, they're letting teachers go and get trained and personnel, and, which is great. The more, the more the merrier. I want to, I want the lunch ladies armed. If I had a kid at, my, at a school Just going through that training, cause I know how intense it is, but that place after looking at these policies, that plays, in my mind, a smaller factor than allowing these sick kids with no accountability in the schools. You know, you know so the, everything with security is layered. So if I had to put a number on it, I would say the allowing kids that are sick, uh, emotionally disturbed, with, and never holding them accountable is far worse than, uh, you know, it, it plays a bigger role in these shootings. It was just, it was oh, never you know, doing Nicholas Cruz any good to be in that school to begin with, and it was putting never, all of the other students at risk. He should have been in a, a juvenile disp, uh, uh, control situation where he could have received some treatment and, and um, you know, didn't pose a risk to everybody else. It would have been better for him and for all of the other students. My daughter would be alive, but they did do that. If you read in the book, they had to. He held the middle school hostage for almost a year. Uh, what they, the teacher had to go through to get this kid out of the school. And the teacher tried valiantly. She did everything she could to jump through all the bureaucratic hoops that they had laid out for her. And yet they still refused. And like you said, I guess everything reset when he went to college and they just swept all his records under the rug. I every, no, they didn't even have records in high school. He was like a role model student. They didn't keep it. And in middle school, he's suspended like every other day. When he when they put him back in the high school, okay, there is no records. 
But let me tell you how what they also did to my daughter, the school district. So the teacher writes he's infatuated with guns. He's infatuated with the Civil War, with the killing, the blood, uh, drawing stick figures, using a pencil, shooting kids in the classroom. So they know all about his records, okay? When, when they go to put him in the high school with my daughter, they enroll him in JROTC, where they give him an air assault rifle, and they train him how to shoot. That, that, that's what the school does after seeing those records that you read uh, that that teacher had to keep. That's in the book. My God, it's not like a different organization runs the middle schools and the high schools. They were all uh, run by the school district. How how does this guy just leave behind his disciplinary record when he goes from one school to the next? It's sickening. It is sickening, and, and it's going on throughout America. And that's why Why Meadow Die, the book, is so important for parents and grandparents to get it. I want them to read it. And this way, they could they have no excuse of not knowing if these policies are in their schools. And it ought to and absolutely like, be required rating for every school board member throughout this nation, and and as well as every law enforcement officer. They're, they should be yep. training based on the tragedy of Parkland how to prevent another one of these, and uh, and they should start with this promise program. And and how in the world did Robert Renzi recruit? the sheriff from Broward County, Scott Israel, to turn a blind eye to this illegality going on right there in the school system? Oh, I could tell you that pretty quick. So the sheriff is an elected official, okay? So when he signed on to this program, he it was another miracle that he committed. He reduced crime by 30%. Amazing. But that's what they do. He was in a – like he's claimed on Tapper on CNN, amazing leadership. Amazing he leadership. He had at Broward – and at the Broward Sheriff's office. So he signed on to that. And then when he, so he could run his commercial and politicize his department and say he reduced crime by 30%. Let me play you a little clip from that, that uh, interview that you, um, you mentioned, and then I'll have you comment on it. A lot of people in the community have noted that the Broward County school board entered into an agreement when you were sheriff in 2013 to pursue the quote, least punitive means of discipline against students. This news policy encouraged warnings, consultations with parents, and programs on conflict resolution instead of arresting students for crimes. Were there not incidents committed by this shooter as a student had this new policy not been in place that otherwise he would have been arrested for and not able to legally buy a gun? What, it, what you're referring to is the Promise Program, and it's, it's giving the school, the school uh, has the ability under certain circumstances not to call the police, not to get the police involved on misdemeanor offenses and take care of it within the school. It's, uh, it's, an, it's an excellent program. It's helping many, many people. Helping many, many people, he says. It's, yeah, it's, bre- it's breathtaking to hear a law enforcement officer say that he's going to turn over the uh, enforcement of these laws designed to protect everybody's students to teachers and school administrators. Correct. They take uh, policing away from the police and they give it to school administrators, if you could believe it. And, and that's led to my daughter getting murdered. And these uh, school districts that participate in them, uh, they make law enforcement out to be the enemy. And, and, and my buddies, I uh, have many buddies in law enforcement that work at the schools, and their hands are tied in Broward. And 
and they make them out to be the enemy. But really, law enforcement should be there to mentor these kids when they do have a problem. So we set them up for success when they're older. They That bureaucratic BS that they talk about, about, you know, Sheriff Israel judged his success by how many times he, he kept kids out of, out of jail. But meanwhile, it ended up, he doesn't, it ended up costing the lives of 17 people. His police, his sheriff's department were at his house, if you can believe it, 45 calls, if you can imagine, with never an arrest. Never, he punched his mother's teeth out, wasn't arrested. Trespassed at the school, wasn't arrested. Uh, threatened to shoot the school up, still wasn't arrested. Threatened kids' lives at the school, wasn't arrested. So this is what goes on with these policies and parents you're ultimately responsible where you put your children, uh, what school you put them in, and it's on you where you put them. Don't make the mistake like I did and just think every school, my kid's safe at the school, and they, it's impossible that they they have policies like that. That's not true. Even in some red counties, they got infiltrated, infiltrated by some liberal school board members, and they could have these policies in place. So it's on the parents. That That's my message, uh, that I've been given with the book uh, out there on uh, every radio show I'm on. It's on you. You have no excuse. And nothing is worth, at the end of the day, uh, no education's worth it if, you pay, if your kids don't come home at the end of the day mm-hmm. and you have options. You know, Scott Israel's uh, department there had every opportunity. Uh, this guy was known to them. Uh, he had been documented to, you know, be uh, not only a disciplinary hazard but a, a, a violent threat to uh, to people yeah. in his life, and all of they all they had to do was do a, a, a cursory of the investigation of his social media accounts, and they would have seen that he was threatening to shoot up a school right there on his social media. Well, they got tips, FBI also, and the sheriff's department. And one other thing that that the listeners should know: what Scott Israel did. Scott Israel also changed his active shooter uh, response. It always it. They, you know, after Columbine, uh, law enforcement learned a lot about setting up a perimeter. So he changed the active shooter response to deputies may go into the building where it, before it, up until him, it said they shall go in. So he changed that. That's part of the reason why uh, Ron DeSantis had to remove him from his incompetence. I but, didn't, you know, I did not know that, you know, in the aftermath of Columbine, yeah. it was well established uh, uh, law enforcement protocol that the only appropriate response to an active shooter was to go and confront the shooter. Even if yes. the deputy is uh, fails in ultimately neutralizing the shooter, at least he stops the shooter from being able to concentrate on on killing. You know, so it causes he, us, he causes the, the yeah. shooter to run or to take cover. This, yes, he changed it. Can you imagine? Oh and then he God. changed it back. And then he changed it back after the commission hearings, changed it back to uh, shall go in. So, And if you can believe it, how Bra- how Broward is such a toxic uh, Democratic cesspool, he's actually running again in 2020, and he stands a chance of getting reelected. The only thing Scott that's Israel that's should be Broward doing is, is to apologizing for his, his failures – and dedicating himself to uh, making uh, retribution and restitution to those parents who lost their children as a result of his incompetence and his his stupidity. It's pretty sad. Uh, None of the leaders in Broward 
accept any responsibility for what happened. None of them did anything wrong. They all have as amazing leadership. And he's running again, and he could win in Broward. I, I sold my – I won't live in a place like Broward. I sold. Uh, I, I'm happy to get out of there. Uh, I'm healing just being away from that county. And parents, please, get out, go out, and then after you read why Meadow died, like you said before, give it to a school board member or, or a teacher or someone in law enforcement so they could see these failures. And, and, and they'll let you know if it's going on in, in the school where your child is. Well, Andrew Pollock, thank you again for this book. Thank you for dedicating yourself to uh, to pre- preventing this kind of tragedy to happening to other parents. And, um, you know, I wish I knew what to say to you. You know, all of us are really on this earth uh, such a short period of time. And, and God bless you and your family and keep you until Thanks. that day when you're all reunited with your uh, your precious daughter, Meadow. I, I appreciate you, and, and I owe it to her to be on this quest for accountability and I do it all for my daughter and there's no one or nothing that's going to stop me from holding these people accountable. God bless you, sir. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Millions of people today have no dental insurance. If you're without insurance, do you have a plan to care for your teeth without spending a fortune? Introducing DentalPlans.com. How would you like to save 10 to 60% off your next dental visit for as little as $7 a month? We offer trusted dental savings plans from companies like Cigna and Aetna with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Be a part of the 1 million-plus happy smiles served since 1999 that save money when they visit the dentist. You can save on cleanings, dentures, braces, x-rays, fillings, crowns, root canals, and even teeth whitening. Call 800-296-1247 now to start saving immediately. Mention promo code RADIO to receive 15% off any plan and for a limited time, one month free. Call 800-296-1247. That's 800-296-1247. Fees billed annually plus a $20 processing fee. Savings plans are not insurance. Savings will vary by provider, plan, and zip code. Consult with plan detail page for additional plan terms. Not all plans and offers available in all markets. Well, you know, creating an unsafe environment by instituting these leftist programs on discipline and, um, and who to allow in their schools are not the only hazards that are being posed to our children at these public schools a growing number of children are being treated for um, being overwhelmed by the fear of environmental doom as these climate alarmists use the captive audience in the schools to spread their fears of this impending climate crisis disaster protests by groups like uh, extinction rebellion about the recent fires in Amazon in the Amazon, which are perfectly in keeping with uh, with past uh, forest fire activities, are uh, convincing these students that uh, the the world is uh, in danger of coming to an end. And I recall when my children were uh, in elementary school, uh, right after Al Gore published this uh, this faux documentary. An inconvenient truth. Uh, they would come home uh, and wake up in the in the middle of the night, crying 
about um, the this threat of global warming. And now they've got this uh, young girl uh, from Sweden, I believe it is, or Norway, Greta Thunberg. And, uh, and she is uh, being groomed as the new face of climate disaster for this younger generation. And parents are coming into therapy asking for help for their children because of, uh, of this fear that they're being um, inculcated with when you send them off to school. The symptoms are clinical anxiety, uh, a fear of doom, and that we're all going to die. And, and this is just part of the abuse that these leftist programs are heaping upon our children in these, in these public schools. And sadly to say, at many private schools. They're as well being inculcated with us this idea that there is no such thing as male and female. And they're telling these, these young elementary school children that gender is fluid and that they can pick whether they want to be male or female even before they have, uh, you know, finished formulating their, uh, their self-images. They're, they're putting these ideas in their heads, all designed to further these left-wing um, ideologies. It is psychological abuse on a grand scale. They, they, uh, they take all discipline out of the school so that you can't get any actual learning done. And then they use the time that they have your children, not in teaching them math and science and reading, but indoctrinating them in this far left um, agenda. It's hard to understand why we allow it. It's hard to understand why they want to do it. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to protect your children from this kind of abuse. Well, that's it for this episode of Right Now with Jim Dawes. That interview with um, Andrew Pollack is just, um, just sad beyond belief. But God bless him for trying to prevent another tragedy like what happened in Parkland. Come back here and join us again tomorrow, right now, on the Mojo 5 Radio Network for another edition of Right Now. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.